Welcome back to Mall of America. Radio Row starting to populate here. And uh, our elbow space is getting closed in upon here. I'm guessing it's going to be a lot more crowded in the coming days. But let's, before we get to Tom Pelissera, our buddy from the NFL Network, Judd, let's give away, or at least tell people how they can win, a chance for uh, breakfast with Golik and Wingo at Crave Mall of America this coming Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And uh, here are the details all you need to know. The first eight people to email contest at 1500ESPN.com with a name, phone number, zip code, and date of birth will win two spots. So right now, if you're listening and you want to have breakfast or brunch, whatever you want to call it on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. with Golik and Wingo, Crave Mall of America, the first eight people to email contest at 1500ESPN.com with their name, phone number, zip code, and date of birth We'll win two spots. Breakfast takes place Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 10.30 at Crave Mall of America. Also a Q&A and a meet and greet and photo op with Golik and Wingo. Food and beverages will also be included. And uh, winners are going to receive an email back with all the details. So, once again, contest at 1500ESPN.com. Name, phone number, zip code, and date of birth. Sounds like a fun morning. Uh, Good way to spend uh, some time if you're a sports fan and football fan. And the best part is we won't be there. You won't have to deal with us. I wish I could go. Can I duck out for a while? Sure, you're welcome to Okay, duck. thank That's you fine. very much. Yeah. Then I'll go and I'll enjoy got, I think we've I'll got, enjoy myself some free food and beverage. We've got Animal from Legion of Doom coming tomorrow. You can take off and we'll just talk wrestling and spike. His son was his stuff. son was a heck of a football player. Not as good as Daddy was a wrestler, though. Oh, I don't know. Daddy might argue <laughs> that. No, that. No, no, no. Uh, sorry, you two, but... Uh, you, you don't know Larry your Knight. history, John. Laronitis was a heck time. of a football player. He had a very nice career. Have yeah. you seen the spikes on those shoulder pads? You have no idea what we're talking about. I do. I know, I know what you're talking about, <laughs> and I'm just trying to give his son credit as well. That was all. I know you two are wrestling geeks. All right, Tom Pelissero, which Laurenitis was better, spiked shoulder pads wrestler or uh, obscure Rams linebacker? As somebody who lives in the Wyzetta School District, I think I'm contractually obligated to say the kid. Played okay, a Wyzetta, well, right? Fair enough. Yes, he, he did. did. Yeah, you're right. They have a hype video that they show with all the like the four guys who have come out of that program to go on to the and NFL. And he was all set to be a golden golfer until the last second when those darn Buckeyes swooped in and stole him from us. How yeah. could that have happened, Judd? I don't know. I have no theories at all. Man. So, uh, you, let's go back. You actually watched the NFC Championship game at Bunnies in St. <laughs> Louis Park for NFL Network. I did. Uh, did. Were there any lives lost inside Bunnies in the second half of that game? I think that, you know, you... you the first half plays out. Obviously, the place is going bonkers. Vikings go down and score. Then by halftime, obviously, it's it started to unravel pretty substantially. Some guy grabs the microphone, tries to do the Animal House, Germans bomb Pearl Harbor speech, and just butchers it. At that point, you know that it's probably oh not God. going to recover. That's my bar. But the most the most deflating part was when Thielen tries to catch or. It appears he catches the touchdown. Yeah. Place goes bonkers. The first replay shows, and just everyone goes, oh. oh. Everyone just slowly sits down back into their seats. So, yeah, it was hard to come back from. I was informed on Saturday night by a source at that very bar that business was phenomenal. But here was the problem. It got to be angry drunks trying to get drunker. And my source said, that's not what you want. <laughs> so, basically, basically, people didn't leave. They were so upset. They kept drinking and doing more shots. So the bar made lots of cash, but they were left to clear out angry so it drunks. Was like, it was like rage drinking yes. in the second half. I made, exactly a, I made a beeline as soon as the game was <laughs> over, te- took the makeup off, and uh, jetted out of there. They, they, funny, we did not need any post-game shots from the bar after no, the way that game played out. No. Just a bunch of people you know flipping like, off the camera. This is what's amazing. And Tom Tom covered the I mean, Tom Pelissero, NFL Network, and has covered the Vikings uh, throughout his career. 
it's amazing, and 538.com wrote about this like a day before the game took place, and it was great foreshadowing. At every step of the way, historically, the Vikings' greatest strength betrays them in the biggest moment. Brett Favre was their greatest strength in 09, betrays them at the last moment. The offense in 98, which took a knee in the biggest moment or didn't score a point in the 41 donut game, and this time around defense. The problem is you can't just rely on a defensively built team for your blueprint to repeat itself for a three-year window, five-year window. Um, So if you're the Vikings and you look at this offseason and you have a blank canvas at quarterback, what would you do? Well, in that game, a lot of it starts with up front, on both sides of the ball, they lost. The Eagles dominated their offensive line, their defensive line dominated both sides. That, that puts you in a tough position. I, I think Nick Foles makes a couple of throws in that game you're just not thinking he can make. His deep passing numbers have been terrible. He hits on a couple of deep balls. In other words, you don't want to attribute it to luck, but there are certain factors involved where he made plays that you just you were willing to give him. Yeah. You're, you're going you're gonna to let Nick Foles try to throw the ball over your head. He did that successfully. They ran successfully. Some of the Vikings' best players did not have their best games. Harrison Smith was one of them. Everson Griffin disappeared in that game, unlike anything that I had seen to this point in the season. There were a lot of different things that, yes, you thought that was going to be a strength going into the game. It was not. What's interesting is I had a conversation the Friday before the game with Anthony Barr in the locker room, and I was talking to him about just macro stuff about the Vikings organization and how familiar he is with the history of letdowns that they've had. Then I just asked him, you know, how, so how was the week of practice? And he goes, well, Wednesday was not good. I, I think we were still hungover from the loss or from the win over the Saints. I, I don't know if it was just because we're late in the season, but it got better Thursday, Friday. Well, that quote stuck out to me. I tweeted it Saturday morning before the game. And then you watch the way. Now, the Vikings came out strong, obviously. The first series on offense and defense were fine. But after that, it unraveled. And I've talked to several people over the past week who were around the team who all said, that was the warning sign. When Wednesday's practice, not because they couldn't come back from it, but just because if you look at teams that have had walk-off wins in their history and what's happened to them the following week, it's not been good. It, there's an emotional and a physical and a mental toll that that takes out of you in a good way, but it almost felt as if this was the pinnacle of the season. And, you know, they came back. Wednesday was not a great day of work, and they didn't perform up to their standards on Sunday. Yeah. So what do you do at QB? If you're uh, sitting there with Bridgewater, Bradford, Keenum all up, uh, potential for an Alex Smith trade could certainly exist, and uh, Cousins is going to. I would guess he, he will he will not be franchised because his cost is so much to the Redskins. Put nothing past the Redskins. I don't know what. But let's just do. say let's just say all of these things come together. What's your answer? Well, I, I, I can tell you this: the Vikings have not yet had their meetings. They were down at the Senior Bowl this past week. They'll get together over the next few weeks before the combine and actually go through this. So they've made no firm decisions. I think that. It is difficult after Case Keenum has that type of a year to not start with him as your plan A, especially because Sam Bradford, what is the long-term prognosis on his knee? You don't want to commit to somebody again who might play one game. The knee swells up, even though he was moving a lot better at the end of the year after he had the bone spur taken out and got that thing cleaned up. It's tough to really bank on him being your guy. It's tough to bank on Teddy Bridgewater being your guy. It's the same conversation we were having in October, November, when everybody was getting fired up about they want to play Teddy, just get Teddy on the field. Vikings didn't know. You don't know. That's why Sam Bradford was active in the playoffs, because Teddy Bridgewater hasn't played a game in so long. That's a projection. Teddy Bridgewater is going to sign somewhere a one-year deal five, six, eight million, something like that. Come back, whether it's with Minnesota or somebody else, because that's, that's what he can do. If he comes out, shows that he's the same guy again, he probably gets paid. If he's not the same guy, it's a minimal financial commitment on the, the other team's part. I mean, Keenum is the sure thing you have, at least from a physical standpoint, but you're also wondering, especially without Pat Shermer, 
who did a phenomenal job adjusting the offense to the personnel, keeping opponents off balance, calling plays all season long. Without Shermer, can Keenum be the same guy? This season was an outlier. If you look at Keenum's history, he's always been able to make plays, but in terms of limiting turnovers, in terms of other things that he did, it's by far his best season. Can you capture that again with somebody else? Let's also not forget they're still going through the offensive coordinator interviews. You would think one of the questions is not just the coordinators asking, so who's the quarterback, but them asking the offensive coordinators, what could you do with one of these quarterbacks or with another quarterback? This is a fascinating year, even though, yes, Cousins, is probably going. They're going to do something. I think that they tag him in one regard or another and try to trade him. How well that goes, we'll see. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, they have to pay him, and that is going to cost yeah. a lot. That could be pushing toward $30 million a year. It's going to be a huge number for Jimmy Garoppolo, but the 49ers are in a spot. You can't let that guy out. Yeah, it's great to see how well he played if you're the Niners, but you almost wanted them to, you know, to not go 5-0 and or whatever it was at the end of the season. He has more leverage than any player in NFL history yes. in a contract but negotiation because he's you, played out. But you were gifted him. Belichick gave him to you as a gift. But you're going to keep him. like so. No, no, but, but, my, but my point is I'd be willing to pay him because I gave up almost nothing to get him compared to if you had taken him to a true market and a bidding war, he would have commanded a first-round pick, a third-round pick. I mean, he was gifted by Belichick. But here's the, here's the problem with that. I had the same reaction you did when that trade was made back in late October, early November. And I called around to a bunch of people who have done business with Belichick in the past. What they all said was Bill realized he was not going to get, even if you franchise tag him, right, which is what I was thinking, you play the season out, you keep Garoppolo as your backup in case Brady cuts his hand or does whatever, his Achilles blows, whatever it might be, you keep him around just in case, then you franchise tag him and you try to trade him in March. Well, the problem becomes you then have a backup quarterback sitting there at like $22 million. Nobody believes that you're keeping him. So at that point, is everybody just kind of waited out? Also, that tag now is applied to the players going to the next team. That complicates negotiations. It's the same reason that if I'm the 49ers, I don't want to tag Garoppolo now because all of a sudden then he's sitting on basically, I think it's $51 million over two years. If you tag him twice, it costs you $51 million. That's $25.5. That is the baseline if you're Jimmy Garoppolo's people in terms of what you're going to charge. So they, they realized and they had tested the market. They knew what the market was for him back before the draft. You were going to do something for him. You didn't want to lose him for, even if you get a comp pick, that's a third rounder in 2019 as opposed to a second rounder right now. Since we have you, one last question here, Tom Pelissero. Our theory, uh, Judd brought this up last week, has been Alex Smith, one year, $20 million left on his deal, could be an option I think it's a little under that, but yeah. So how likely is it that they trade him from what you hear? And... What do you think you'd have to give up for one year of Alex Smith? I asked some people this at the Senior Bowl, too, because it, it is a really kind of unique market. Smith had his best season. If you look at it statistically, by far his best deep passing season. Yeah. That's always been the question, his arm, his ability to throw the deep ball. He did those things pretty well. It sounds as if the Chiefs absolutely are going to be looking at moving him because they drafted Patrick Mahomes, traded up to number 10, took him. He looked really good in limited action last season. That's, that's their future. But what you can get for Smith with one year left on the deal, you're probably going to rip it up, do a new deal if you acquire him. I thought it would be something in the region of two second-round picks. What I heard at the Senior Bowl was it could be a little bit less than that. It might be something like a two and a three, a three and a four, whatever. Now, that's that's other teams looking at this who might want to trade for sure. him. That's where they think the market should be. You never can predict it because everybody's worth exactly what you're willing to give up for him. If there's more than one suitor, uh, that price is going to be pushed up. But... Alex Smith for a couple of twos or a couple of threes, whatever it might be, that's going to be appetizing to people if you're of the belief that 
there's nothing in terms of a ceiling on Alex Smith, which if you look at the way that he played last year, the playoff game where he loses Travis Kelsey notwithstanding, he certainly showed that there was a little bit more even than what we had seen at this point in his career. It's amazing, too. So people rip him. He's only got two playoff wins in his decade-plus in the NFL. The two most prominent Chiefs playoff losses that he's been the starting quarterback for, he put up insane numbers to build leads, and then the defense melted down. The Colts game on the road four years ago, and then the game a few weeks ago against Tennessee. Those weren't his fault. He put up 600-plus passing yards and, like, six touchdowns, no picks in those games, and people say, oh, I mean, you can't win a playoff game. And the Chiefs How about did, the defense you know, makes a stand at some point in the fourth quarter? The Chiefs did a, a really good job, too, designing that offense with, between Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, Brad Childers. I mean, they studied spread game. They studied all these different things and put the offense in place that Alex Smith could run at a really high level. So if you're the team acquiring him, you've also got to now commit to We've got to do some of those same concepts. He's not just going to be a traditional drop-back passer. He's a really good athlete. You can run zone read with him. You can do all these different types of things. That's another name that's going to be out there. I mean, this is there are more quarterbacks available via trade, via free agency, whatever. I mean, Drew Brees still has to get a new deal with the Saints. He's not going to get out of there either in all likelihood, but you've got a lot of different moving parts here. You make that call you gotta, if, you're, if you're the Vikings and be told no before you go anywhere and, else. And right. if you are not tampering right now, you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> I don't care about your meetings. I don't care what you've done. If Rick Spielman is not actively tampering right now, I'll be very disappointed. I can tell you this. One high-profile agent down at the Senior Bowl told me, you know, he's like, there, a lot of teams don't want to give you anything, but I now just go, I just go in attack mode. I see somebody, I go up, and I make them tell me what the numbers are, what they think we might be able to get done, even though we're still a month away from the combine, which is where the real tampering does not, absolutely does not Never. exist. No. Never, not and then league. you got a, a week or two Four after teams. that till uh, free agency where things start to ramp up. A lot of teams philosophically just don't want to push numbers out there and don't want to have those discussions because all that does, you give a, an agent a number at the combine, there's two weeks till free agency, all it does is shop that number around for the next two weeks. Yeah. A lot of teams want to stay a little bit more guarded than maybe they were in the past. Dude, keep crushing it. NFL Network, Tom Pelissero. We'll get Collar in here, talk some more football when we come back. Mackie and Judd live at Radio Row. But first, the big game oh, is coming bad. up, Phil Mackie. That was a Brett Favre-Peterson handoff that went around uh, no. in the 09 championship. I'm sorry. I'll recover it because the big game is coming up, and that means, folks, Mall of America is the place to be. And now you're saying, Mall of America, Judd, do I really want to go out there? I mean, it's a drive, and no, 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 let me tell you. First of all, I saw a sign this week. Downtown parking, $65. I parked this morning at the mall. Guess how much it cost me? Zero, nothing, Zippo. And right now I am sitting in what basically amounts to a, a, a big game fiesta, a football fiesta. And I'm also going to tell you how simple it is to get out here now. That's the, that's the thing about it. If you don't want to drive, I got light rail transit for you. I got airport taxis, Ubers. Free shuttles from more than 50 local hotels. You can get to MOA in a matter of minutes, and you can soak in all of the experiences. It's fantastic. And they also have more than 520 stores. Visit mallofamerica.com slash boldnorth. Mallofamerica.com slash boldnorth. Visit it now and come out here and see us. Mackie and Judd from the Mall of America. We've lost Phil now, but that's okay because Matthew Collar, who's, uh, who's everything he does this week, sponsored by Sprint. Everything powered by powered sprint. by sprint. Everything yes. that you write, get it right. Every yep. time that you talk uh-huh. on these airways, every time you breathe, the yeah. air, yeah. you are you are being powered by the fine people at Sprint. Man. And we appreciate that. Just, here at it, I feel ESPN. different since being powered by Sprint. Yes. Yeah. So football, talk about it. 
Um, okay, so last night, You're concerned guys. about you. Abduction or something. Honestly, I was God, worried. So, okay, quick aside. Do you use the family bathroom like a told you? just you. asked I, I him to talk about football, and now you're well, doing no, but, an aside? No, well, no, Judd brings I, up I, the bathroom thing. I derails was, the segment. <laughs> oh, yeah, blame it on me. The bathrooms, I don't know where the family bathroom is, but the but the <laughs> the rest of like the public bathroom is like a three-minute walk round trip, let alone you know whatever you need to do when you're there. That's what I told you. Which, by the way, bathroom. wasn't anything criminal, I'm just saying. Use the family bathroom. All right. Football. Back to Matthew Keller, who is powered okay. by Sprint right now. So last night, I took my powered by Sprint self to the Super Bowl experience, right? Now, I didn't try kicking a field goal. You can do that. But I was afraid to kick from 27 yards. That usually doesn't go <laughs> very well around here. So, um, But I got to see people make footballs, guys. Like, make an actual wow. football. They have a setup there, and there are three people, and they make a football, and then you can buy said football no and it's great it was great because they come from a factory in ohio where it's a town of like two thousand people and this one guy has made over six thousand footballs including every football that's ever been used in the super bowl now they call it the pigskin for a reason i mean it like doesn't start at the very very beginning of the process right dave the nitpicking like the The real beginning you're really picking did you meet the cows yeah did you meet the pigs um, I actually don't think it's pig. I think the lady said it's made out of cowhide. So that's a misnomer. Wow. Oh, we've been, we've been misled oh, all yeah. these years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. NFL for 52 years now. Yeah. Running so, the Super Bowl and it's all You know, Collar was thrilled by this, and I feel like you just shot the whole thing down, Dave. I, uh, I, I feel like he, he's a little kid, and he was all excited. I was. I was really excited. I saw excited. you tweeting. No, I'm, I'm very on. happy that they didn't start at the beginning because that sounds horrible for children. Well, first we butchered the animal. So I met a lady who was literally making these footballs 40 years ago that were used by, like, Terry Bradshaw and Bart Starr. It's great. It's amazing. Uh, It's like a fine bottled wine, really. Do do they age the footballs? Um, I I smelled it. I smelled it. Yeah. Okay, I found it. These days, footballs are typically made from cowhide or vulcanized rubber, making their nickname pigskin somewhat ironic. I found that on Google. Oh, that's great, great work, correct, Judd. Great. Uh, you'll be happy to know, Matthew Collar, that not only are the three of us on board with Alex Smith, third-round pick, something like that, Vikings quarterback, Sage Rosenfels joined us, talked football for 20 minutes, and spent the second half of it raving about Alex Smith. He's on board. We now have a roving gang, all four of us, looking to bang on the Vikings' door and, and Egan, Alex Smith, for a third round. Pick. Since I wrote about Alex Smith at our website, it was an interesting week of watching Vikings fans in my mentions say, yeah, okay, well, that would make sense uh, if there's no better option out there and, you know, second or third round pick's not too bad. And then Chiefs fans showed up to say, you can have him. He never won the Super Bowl. <laughs> They're like, you know, when you go through this guy's playoff history, he's 2-5 and five in the playoffs, which might make you go, yeah, a little bit, right? But he has a punt returner fumble a ball in San Francisco. He's that close to getting into the Super Bowl. And then he puts up 44 points against the Indianapolis Colts, and his defense allows 45 points. They had in a, that like game. a four-touchdown lead in that game. Yes, yes, and somehow that's Alex Smith's fault, right? And his overall numbers in the playoffs, the guy has a 97 quarterback rating, so he's basically the same quarterback that he is in the regular season that he is in the playoffs. And yeah. the funny thing about that is 
his playoff quarterback rating is higher than Tom Brady's. I'm not saying he's wow. better than Tom Brady. Wow. It just it. is. I heard it. Uh, wow. but <laughs> I just heard it. Yeah, better wow. than Brady, clearly. And you know, the, take police. The, Good thing they're not circulating in the middle of radio. But, right the, right but the biggest argument against Smith is, well, you know, when you need a comeback or things like that in the playoffs or you need him to step up in the big moment that he hasn't been able to do that. And I think that he has a few times and has been let down. I mean, in the first – Points also count in the first half, by the way. So when you get up 21-3 to or whatever it was against Tennessee, you should win that game. But then all of a sudden your coach doesn't decide to run the ball and run the clock out. Marcus Mariota throws a touchdown to himself. Sorry, I guess Alex Smith did that. Yeah. Alex Smith, you should have tackled Mariota. Where was he on defense? That's a good to, question. Right, yeah. And, and the other thing is, too, it's really just about the options. It's not that Alex Smith is a perfect quarterback because he's got a little bit of that same problem that Sam Bradford has where his third down yards per attempt for his career, not very good. They actually invented a stat about throwing short of the sticks on third down that <laughs> after Alex Smith. Like, Football Outsiders calls it Alex yeah. because he did this so often throughout his career. So this is not by any means a perfect quarterback, but when you look at the other options, Cousins costing as much as he does, or Keenum coming back on a franchise tag, it's a one-year deal, but it would be 25 or so million dollars, or Teddy Bridgewater when you're really unsure of him, same with Sam Bradford, Smith makes the most sense to not be locked into him for a long term. And then if he's amazing, then you could sign him to an extension after that. I feel like the best term uh, for, for this conversation is the word fit. Alex Smith, to yeah. me, seems like a really good fit. You, you've, got, you've got a window here that's built around having what we perceive to be, besides the last game, a great defense, a really good defense. You've got an offense that you're not asking to go out and score 30 points per game, but you've got an offense that's good enough to, to operate in a manner that can make them extremely functional and competent. And so all of these things, when you look at what Keenum can potentially bring or not bring, right? Teddy, we don't know. Smith, to me, is the perfect fit because he's not going to lose you games. He could win you games, but you're, not, you're never going to get up to a podium after an Alex Smith start and say, he's playing with a horseshoe, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, to me, if you're Zimmer, is a very important part of this discussion. Also, yeah. let me add to that. You're going to have to pay, because people always think like, well, but, you know, look, $20 million, you're going to pay $20 million for Case Keenum, more if you franchise him. Yeah. So you might wind up, if you, if you wanted Case Keenum back on a one-year deal, it would actually cost you more money than the one year of Alex Smith, but you'd, you'd give up a third-round pick. Right. I mean, you're, if you're talking about franchising Case Keenum, it's basically the same price or a little bit more than Alex Smith, and Alex Smith is the clearly more talented and accomplished quarterback. That with Keenum, the biggest question is whether he could continue doing what he did last year, especially when I just can't foresee this team playing with leads like they did so often during the season next year with their schedule and the types of quarterbacks that they have to go against it's really hard to see them winning with that same exact model where they're just up and you're throwing you know short passes all the time yeah. uh, the one stat that i included in the smith article was that case keenum completed 11 passes this year over 20 yards alex smith had 26 and you have two wide receivers who are incredibly good at going down the field and this is a guy who was a former number one overall pick and it was almost almost like last year he discovered Oh, this this arm is a number one overall pick arm, and I can throw it down the field yeah, it like took that. Him Fifteen years or twelve years to figure it out. But but, yeah. but another thing with that is too that you know last year he had Tyreek Hill, who's a great down the field wide receiver, and that played a big role in it. And if he was coming to Minnesota, he would have two of the best down the field wide receivers in the in the NFL. 
to go along with, I would project a very good running game and a running back who is great coming out of the backfield as a wide receiver. Everything would be set up extremely well for him. So, yes, he did just have the best year of his career, but I think you could project him to have another very, very good year based on his supporting cast. Let's come back. Let's keep uh, the football discussion going. Matthew Collar's hanging out with us from Powered by Sprint. ESPN.com. Powered by Sprint. And uh, Thanks the Sprint Purple for Podcast. That. Appreciate that. Sprint, 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 Sprint. Yes. <laughs> Everywhere you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're live on Radio Row. It's Mackie and Judd. All right, Mackie and Judd, we are live at Radio Row, where over Matthew Collar, presented by Sprint, everywhere he goes Powered. This week, powered by Sprint. This is the best part about Radio Row. Over your right shoulder, Jim Rome's makeup artist just spent the entire commercial break, like, powdering his cheeks. <laughs> How's he look? Oh, we got kind of where is a he? side Hold on, I got a view. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I, I can sort of see it from here. Yeah, it's yeah, good. Good stuff. But, uh, it's... Love your cheeks. People walking by. Rock Jim, those cheeks. That would be that would that would be the one <laughs> unbelievable cheeks. That would be among the things about TV. Phenomenal. I couldn't take makeup. I, I don't know if Pelicero's there's anything wearing to, makeup yeah. now. I don't know if there's I mean, anything Tommy, to do with well, you. Know, t- it wouldn't hurt you, Jen. Tommy's wearing makeup. <laughs> I don't think it would help. I really don't. I think it's past. I the mean, point. those cheeks get redder and redder every day. I, I you know what? It's because the sun is, no, is shining directly on me. It's sunburn. Not the sun. <laughs> My cheeks are rosy because of the sun. Well, TV people like they carry around their own personal makeup kits too. So they just, you know, in a pinch, you can just apply it yourself. Shamefully, if it, if that's what it is for you, that might be it's a little touch up. Yeah. Uh, Collar is here. We're talking uh, Vikings, and this is the thing. I think the Vikings fans who are either listening or consuming Super Bowl things all week. It's, it's just like it's too painful to dive into Eagles-Patriots stuff for them, so they'd yeah. rather hear reckless speculation about, about Vikings. So let's, let's ask this. How likely is it that this defense will come back? Are we taking for granted that, hey, it's like all, all these guys are pretty young for the most part except for like Brian Robinson and Everson's 30, but he's really 27 because he's such a physical freak. Are we taking for granted how good this defense can be for a window of time? Well, I would say this, that they're already an outlier. I mean, I, I did a study last offseason on defenses that stayed at the top who were all the way at the top five and where they went over the next three years, and very few teams were able to sustain a top five defense even for three years. So the fact that the Vikings have done this, it puts them in rare air with the Seattle Seahawks, and I think now Denver has probably done it too, and the Baltimore Ravens from some of the good Joe Flacco years, they had great defenses for a number of years in a row. But other than that, for the most part, teams can't sustain great defenses. I think that this team can, but probably not number one in both categories, not with the quarterbacks that they're facing. I mean, they had a tough strength of schedule this year, but they also had every single player stay healthy. And in 2016, we saw Harrison Smith miss some time. They lost Sharif Floyd and didn't really have a replacement for him. They probably should have used Tom Johnson more in 2016 too. But, I mean, you know, you look at just how healthy everyone was if anybody turns an ankle at some point you lose Xavier Rhodes for six weeks or Trey Wayans or anybody then your defense all of a sudden isn't number one anymore so I would project them as top 10 maybe even maybe even fifth sixth seventh but projecting them to be number one I I think you're going to have to have an offense that can go back and forth with somebody else's offense and score 30 points to win a game as opposed to the way that they did it a lot this year and that would be your argument against keeping case keenum around now the argument for keeping case keenum around is i agree with what pelicero said you know case keenum you've had him in the building 
and you probably shouldn't make your decision just based on playoff games. I mean, if we're, we're talking about that with Alex Smith, not making your decision based on playoff wins and losses, well, Keenum didn't play well in either one of those two playoff games, but you should have made that decision before you went to the playoffs because it's such small sample, and maybe if the defense plays really well against Philadelphia, they come out with a win even if you didn't play that well, and we feel completely different because Case Keenum would be in the Super Bowl. So all these things have to end up being factors for you, knowing you're going to have to score more points next year, but also not judging Keenum based on what we just last saw. My question uh, about Case is this, too. What did the two playoff games do to his next contract? Because, you know, clearly if he had gotten to the big game, yeah, your contract's going to be, you're going to have somebody go crazy basically and say, here's three years mm-hmm. and 45 mil and we don't care. I wonder what, what this did now uh, to his negotiating situation and if it brings it back to a point where the Vikings are like, okay, that's, that's such a decent price to pay for a guy coming off a good year that will just uh, stay status quo and stick with Case Keenum. Now, somebody that I know is pretty well connected told me that there would be multiple teams that were interested in paying Case Keenum a big chunk of change, which I know is vague, but that means that he's going to have some offers. And if the Vikings want to keep him, I think they have to franchise tag him. Otherwise, they're going to have to probably sign him to something like a three-year, 60-year, $70 million deal with a good amount of guaranteed money. So if you don't want to lock into him long-term, you probably do have to franchise tag him. I think what they would really like to do is find a quarterback that is either Case Keenum or Alex Smith or someone else, Sam Bradford maybe even, and then also have Teddy Bridgewater too, if they could find a way to work those two things out, which might mean using the franchise tag on Teddy Bridgewater and paying him a ton of money to not even be the starting quarterback, but giving an opportunity to A, win the job, or potentially sign a long-term contract after that. I think that they would like to do that. I mean, we know that Mike Zimmer loves Teddy Bridgewater like none of us love anything else. So I think that they don't want to just see him go, right? I mean, we know. Chud loves ranch dressing on mm, everything. Everything, yeah. And ketchup. And line of Kugel. What's the thing you put ketchup on? And yingling. Uh, Wraps. Chicken Caesar wrap. Uh, Wraps. Yeah, that's a little strange. That's not bad at all. It's It's actually pretty good. But I I think that they would love to find a way to have something secure and Teddy Bridgewater too, which will cost you a lot of money, but they have a ton of cap space. I mean, they're going to have, if you take Sharif Floyd out of the conversation, because he's definitely not coming back, you're talking over $60 million in cap space. They could pour a ton of money into a quarterback situation and – not, and not have it hurt them for this year. It's it's also potentially short term. Yeah, like if yeah. you if you franchise him, it hurts you a little bit, but it hurts you for one year, not four I, years. I'll, I'll go on the record saying I I I like looking at things from all angles, and I'm not shooting down the fact that we should look at things from all angles. I think there's a very very small chance, if any, that they would franchise Teddy. No other team has seen him play, so they actually have the leverage. Yeah, I mean they can say. Listen, I mean, no one's going to give you a starting quarterback's contract right now. The one guy that we kicked around earlier in the show that I need I need to know, is he the guy from 2015-16, or did he regress to something more normal in 2017 as Kirk Cousins? In fact, I, went, and I know that uh, passer rating isn't exactly the be-all, end-all for evaluating a quarterback's play, but if you rank the last three years qualified quarterbacks who've thrown you know, at least 400 passes total, if you rank quarterbacks based on passer rating, since 2015, it goes Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, 
Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers. Number six is Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah. Kirk uh, Cousins. He, he has pretty incredible numbers, and I think one of the reasons why is because his defenses have been bad, and they're always in shootouts. They're always having to throw the ball. My mind immediately goes to a Thanksgiving Day game against Dallas. where the he 440 yeah, yard game. Yeah, where he threw for 440 yards, and it was just them going back and forth, back and forth in that game, and that's how they've played a lot. They've had, over the last three years, they haven't cracked the top 20 in defense. And I think the numbers get pumped up when you do that. I think Drew Brees' numbers got pumped up doing that. And this year you saw more normal numbers from him. He was still the leader in yards per attempt, so he's the GOAT. But, I mean, you weren't talking about 5,600 yards because they're constantly going back and forth in scoring contests. So I wouldn't expect him to put up those kind of numbers. But he shows that with a really good supporting cast and a great offensive line, he can be great without those things this year trent williams was hurt quite a bit at one point they played tj clemmings so it was bad on their offensive line they also tried to replace deshaun jackson with terrell Pryor. not a good plan deshaun jackson is special terrell Pryor still figuring out that position so they lost a little bit in the weapons and you saw him affected pretty significantly and with the Vikings, you'd be setting him up with something really, really good. So any quarterback that you bring in, you have to assume, at least for 2018, that they're going to maximize what they can bring to the table, at least if they have a big sample before, like Cousins and Alex Smith. The problem is just three, four years from now, if you're locking into Cousins for a $25, $30 million cap hit, is that hurting your supporting cast? Because something I checked into... Actually, I had Doogie check into it. He's the guy with the sources. Oh, just Adam Thielen. Act like I talked to a mid-level, act like, yes, act like a you mid did to it. high-level source. Yes. Take, Winter yes. Park, Take the credit card. Although they're not at Winter Park anymore, so it was more an Egan. Okay, so uh, Doogie checked into what Adam Thielen's situation might be with his contract because he is now criminally underpaid. And it sounds like after next year, they're going to want to work on something new for Adam Thielen. So you're going to have to pay him more. Stephon Diggs has an extension coming up. He was just ranked ninth by Pro Football Focus in terms of best wide receivers in the NFL. He's going to want huge money. You've got Daniel Hunter. You've got Eric Hendricks. You've got Anthony Barr. All these guys need contract extensions, and you have to make sure that you can keep the supporting cast around if you don't believe that that quarterback in Kirk Cousins is special. Yeah, by the way, uh, Adam Thielen, so he, he got paid, but he's... He could go back to the table right now. He's like the 30th highest paid wide yep. receiver in the NFL. Yep. He could go back to the table and say, I ain't playing another snap until we well, rethink this again. I think he should. And Diggs is Diggs is going to get paid huge and, and Diggs, coming up. So Diggs was the, rated slightly higher by PFF than Thielen. The, cous, so. the Cousins question with me is, is if the Redskins don't franchise him and he hits the market, the market's going to go crazy, I think. And so the question becomes: Do you do you want to give him that contract? Yeah, because it's going to be it's going to be you know Denver, the Jets, mm-hmm. potentially the Cardinals, the Vikings, and now you're looking at a five year contract that that potentially exceeds or for sure exceeds Stafford's contract. To your point, the question now is: Okay, four years down down the road, was that a great investment or did you make a knee jerk investment and now you're sorry that you did it? But would you? gamble on the salary cap continuing to go up and your salary cap savvy because think about someone like everson griffin they sign him to a contract extension but that extension allows them to get out whenever they want to so if they decided that griffin 
has peaked and started to go off the other side of the mountain in two years, they could just walk away from that deal. I mean, mm-hmm. they are absolutely genius. Rob Brzezinski's been fantastic for 20 years at right. this job. And yeah. that's the one thing with signing a Kirk Cousins to a huge deal that you probably can find ways to keep a lot of the supporting cast in place because your guy is so brilliant at, at manipulating the cap or uh, handling it well, I guess. It's, it's amazing. It <laughs> just, it, fine. With, with this team, it almost doesn't exist. It's just whether you want to be locked into him for a long term. I think that's, that would be my biggest question with Kirk Cousins is, would you rather have Alex Smith for a year and potentially bring back Teddy on a one-year deal if no one else is willing to sign him? So then you spend a ton of money at your quarterback position but or one- or two-year deal or something for Teddy, but you could always turn back to Teddy after that, or if Teddy looks great in camp, you could just trade the other guy because somebody's going to be quarterback desperate. It's always funny in, in terms of the cap manipulation of the Vikings. If you're if you're one of the five or six oldest players on the roster, and you start to decline even a little bit, you're taking oh, a pay yeah. cut. Yep. You're taking. Yep. I mean, it's it, every one of them for the last ten years. You're taking a pay cut. But is it? it isn't it maybe the best idea to have the two quarterbacks? And then if you think about it, someone's quarterback will get hurt. Like, if let's say you sign Teddy to a Sam Bradford deal, like the deal that he signed with the Eagles, which was, I think it was three, it was three years, three years yeah. and something like $60 million. Yep. The first year didn't have a very high cap hit. So, of course, they can manipulate these things to have a low cap hit in the first year. Let's say you bring Alex Smith in, in a trade, Bridgewater back on a three-year pretty big money deal, and your plan is to turn back to Bridgewater in a year, but he looks awesome in training camp. And in Somebody, yeah. Somebody's getting hurt. There will be some quarterback every single year who goes down with an ACL, and then you can get a first round, a second round pick. Or you back. keep your two because you're, you're afraid that your guy might get hurt. Yeah, right, exactly. There's I, nothing wrong with having two good ones. I think that if you were laying out all the plans possible, that's the best one because you can't afford to t- take that big cap hit for this year. You have enough space and not a whole lot of needs. Yeah. Matthew Collar, all of his appearances with us on every platform presented by Sprint. Howard. Powered. powered by Sprint. It just makes Powered. me feel so much more football Powered. to have it powered Go by Sprint. Go power yourself around here by Sprint and just say Sprint the whole time. What? Oh, I, I'm wearing Sprint. Sprint. All, like, I'm with Sprint. Sprint. I'm with Sprint. Yeah. That, you should be like a, that'd be great. Like sprint NASCAR. Sprint sunglasses, Sprint hats, no. Sprint underpants. Drive around in a little Sprint go-kart around the Mall of America. Sprint shoes. Why not just Sprint instead? Actually, I'm wow. going to be sprinting okay, around, yes. and wow. we can go to break. To send wow. it's like a subliminal job. message. We need to make it work though, hard. I think this may we have just jumped go to the shark. You can find Matthew at 1590ESPN.com. <laughs> Purple podcast. Uh, much more. In fact, when we come back here, how the twins? Judd has a bright idea for the twins here. You know, there's all this football conversation and spotlight. The twins can upstage them this week if they want to. So we'll talk about that before we go anywhere here. Uh, the Super Bowl experience, which is off to a great start the last couple days. In fact, Collar met the guy who basically creates all the football. It's so fun to watch him do yes. it. It's so great. It's it's driven by Genesis, and you can get that. There's all kinds of interactive games where you can test your football skills, uh, live game action using virtual reality technology. And the Super Bowl experience runs through Saturday, February 3rd at the Minneapolis Convention Center. Tickets are available on Ticketmaster.com. Just $35 for adults, $25 for kids. And again, merchandise from NFL Shop, daily player autograph sessions. You're looking for the hot spot to be. There's two or three of them. This is one of them. Minneapolis Convention Center, now through Saturday, February 3rd. 
for the Super Bowl experience driven by Genesis. Again, tickets, just $35 for adults, $25 for kids, Ticketmaster.com. More from us, Mackie and Judd, and the superstar Mike Morris coming up soon from Radio Row. All this week, 1500 ESPN will be live from Radio Row ahead of the big game, sponsored by Mall of America. Mackie and Judd will be live from Radio Row Monday through Friday, followed by Royce and Manny, 3 to 6 p.m. on Tuesday and Thursday. Saturday, Sports Talk will be live February 3rd. Then Sunday, Sports Talk will wrap it all up on game day. For more details, head to 1500ESPN.com, keyword football. And this portion of Mackie and Judd presented by MetaFast. From the Mall of America, where we will be all week long at Radio Row for the uh, Super Bowl. So, I came up with this idea and texted it to you while sitting at the uh, at the bar at Bunny's on Saturday night. I think it's pure genius. It's always genius from the bar at Bunny's. I think I was on my. Wake up in the morning I think I was regret your hot takeery. Only on my second beer when when this hot take popped into my mind. So five minutes in. Uh, no, you know what? It was ten. Okay, <laughs> cut me some slack. So I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I sense a palpable, I sense a palpable sense of down in this state. The Vikings got drubbed, and I'm still, I, I feel like it's starting to go away now. But all last week felt really sort of just depressing. Like you could feel it. And so I'm thinking to myself, okay, the Super Bowl's here, and that's cool, and it's going to be a cool event. But it's the Eagles fans, and the Patriots fans, and we hate both of them. And what could give this state, this sports scene in this state, a little bump, a little bit of a, hey, that's great. And it occurred to me, Twins Tonight announce via press release that they have come to terms with you, Darvish. They will be having a press conference on Wednesday or Thursday at Target Field. The Minnesota Twins, you know, always considered the cheap franchise, always considered the franchise that never goes all in, always considered this and that makes a dent, a major dent impact in the local sports scene and says Wednesday or Thursday, while, while the rest of the country is focused on how cold it might be in Minneapolis or the Roger Goodell press conference or whatever they're focused on, we're going to let the local sports scene be focused on us and sign a top-end rotation guy. It makes sense. It sounds like it's going to happen, not necessarily for the Twins, but whoever he signs with. Sometime this week, John Morosi said mid-last week it was going to happen within the week last week. So uh, I, I would think it's going to happen here in the next couple days. Mm-hmm. A couple reports saying the Cubs are still the front runner to I land see. him. I saw those yesterday, And yes. this is where, so you're right, obviously, it would be a, a, a huge, huge chunk, locally anyways, out of the, the Super Bowl media attention if the Twins made their biggest free agent splash of all time yes. and vaulted themselves up into maybe World Series contention with a rotation that includes you, Darvish, Irvin Santana and Jose Barrios may be on the rise in his second full season. Um, I'm trying to figure out the way in which the Twins would sign him over the Cubs. Like a way in which the Twins would either offer more money or offer something more advantageous that the Twins would be in a better position to win the World Series. I don't think they're going to offer more money. I don't think they're going to offer more term. And I don't think the Twins have a better chance to win the World Series than the Cubs. So he would have to choose his personal relationship with Thad Levine and or he would just have to, there'd have to be two or three other reasons that we aren't really thinking about Mm -hmm. uh, that would lead him to sign here instead of Chicago. I mean, think about it. Let's just be objective about this. No, no, no. I get what you're saying. The Cubs have the best front office in baseball, you could argue. At least the Astros are up there. The Cubs already won a World Series recently. Yeah. It's a great place 
to live in the summertime. I'm just thinking that, that this guy has now been on the market for how many months? Free agency started 10 days after the World Series or something like that. So I'm just thinking if, you, if you're the twins and you say, bleep it, we're going in and we're going to be proactive, that this would be a way to draw attention to you and I actually think it would be the type of boost that the sports scene here needs. I mean, the Wolves are doing well, but, you know, once the Vikings start beat the Saints, they were sort of forgotten for a while. The Wild, I think, nobody but a core group even cares about now. So to me, it was just that's a way to potentially make a splash and say, the Vikings are done, and now we're in. Yeah, it would be the biggest. And you're right. It objectively, big, it might be the Cubs. It would be the biggest splash in their, in their team's history. I mean, what's that list right now? That list is Irvin Santana, number one. Josh Willingham still on that list. Josh Willingham. That was the richest free agent contract they had ever given yeah. out at that time. I think you could include, not in terms of finances, but just splash. Jack Morris was pretty splashy. Yeah. Um, Jim Tomey was fairly splashy in terms of the name mm-hmm. and just how much he had destroyed your franchise in the in the years leading up to that. Yep. Joe Creedy. Joe, Joe Creedy. Creedy. Wow. Ricky, Ricky Nolasco, like, you actually Tony paid Batista. a ton for. Joe Creedy, before his body gave out, he hit like 16 home runs in a half season with the Twins. He was actually pretty good when yeah. he was healthy with the Twins. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, his body was pretty much finished. <laughs> and I wonder why. I, I would not speculate on I, that. I get, over the Cubs, all you can say is you reach your potential. You're the undisputed ace of the franchise, of the, of the team, I, I guess. Whereas Chicago, you say, well, that's probably still John Lester because he's been here for a long time. But he can't throw to first base. So, you know, you're, you'll have a, you'll have <laughs> I a leg still, up. I still contend, and we, we got tweets about this last week when we had this conversation saying that we were crazy. My selling point is this. Three-year contract. It's a good contract. Incentives. And also, the third year is a team is a team and player option. You have a chance to hit the market when it goes back to being normal. You think he would take incentives, though? No, he's not. I, he, I mean, that, it, it sounds great if you're the Twins, but you, Darvish, no. says no. You're okay, just pay a three-year flat. Right now. A, it's, it's a not, three-year he's not flat. Sign a three-year deal. A, he, it's not. It has to be a six-year deal or a five-year deal with a chance to opt out after the sure. first couple of years. Okay, that's so what fi- it has to be. So five-year five-year deal with opt out after year two. So it would be. I'd be fine with that. Be, it, ideally, it would be a mutual option so that you could decide if his arm is shot sure. to opt out to give him more leverage. You'd have to say five or six-year deal. million, dollars, Mm -hmm. and then player opt-out after the first two so that he can collect, let's say, $60 million, and he's in contention for a Cy Young Award, and he can say, you know what? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, going to go test the market and go sign another five-year contract. Sure. CC Sabathia did that with the Yankees a number of years ago, and that might have been player and team option, but he actually decided to opt into the the $20 million (laughs) multiple year because – because the Yankees probably weren't going to bring him back for that kind of money when they could go get almost any other pitcher in baseball. That sounds fine to me. Like, though. you're not going to dangle a just a three-year deal in front of you, Darvish, when other teams are offering six. But you could offer him six, front-loaded, and if you want to stay making the amount of money you make in the first two years, 30, 30, and then 20, 20, 15 or something, um, then he can decide to stay in. And then the advantage there would be, if you're shot or you're not an ace anymore, we still owe you money for right. four more years. So you're going to get paid for it. And it won't be quite as much money. You'll get paid for it. Mm-hmm. But but again, the Cubs are probably thinking along the same lines. So it, it, it would be an underdog signing for them to, to pull it off. But to your point, I agree. You could put a big dent into troll, all the attention. Troll yes. Super Bowl week. Yes. Troll the Super Bowl. <laughs> Dave St. Peter. You got your chance right now. Yes. People would, would be, be excited about it. It would be fun uh, if that happened. I think once he signs, 
you're going to see the Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb, Jake Arrieta. Yeah, I'm they're sure all Jake waiting. Jake Arrieta is just waiting to see where you sure. Darvish signs. And if he signs with, you know, he'll go to the team that was second second place in those sweepstakes and say, all right, well, how about how about four years and Do you want $8 me? million dollars for me? Yeah. Will you take me now? Yeah. So my guess is the Twins wind up with one of those starting pitchers, but it's probably not going to be you, Darvish. And you know what? If it if it's a playoff rotation guy, which Jake Arrieta would be, uh, Alex Cobb would be kind of borderline. If he can pitch the way he did before the surgery, he would for sure be a playoff rotation guy. Do you like Lance Lynn? I do. Um, I think his peripherals in terms of like how good his performance was last year wasn't quite Alex Cobb. I do like him. I mean, you Darvish is on a different level. He's just on a different level. But you're right. Your theory's right. It would it would take a lot. I think of it would be great fun. Yep. Let's come back. Superstar Mike Morris is wandering around Jeez. the food court somewhere. There he is. Right oh, he behind is. you. Wow. The big dog. You did, found us. Did you pass up the food court to come hang out with us? Did you pass up the food court to come hang out with us? Doesn't look like it. Go, go. <laughs> Don't turn around because it's Shake Shack and you'll never come here. All right, <laughs> if you see Shake Shack, it's over. Uh, Mackie and Judd, uh, hey, real quick, on-air production meeting. Who am I speaking on behalf of here On next? behalf of TCL, Sounds ladies and good. gentlemen, Phil Mackey. Mall of America <laughs> is where we're hanging out. Um, you know, what's nice about being in studio is we do have this giant TCL TV, and I'm kind of looking around the room right now. And there's, it's This is Radio Row, and there should be more screens, and I'm seeing some other branded screens that, quite frankly, aren't 4K resolution and don't have built-in Roku. So uh, my first recommendation to the folks here at Radio Row would be go get a bunch of TCL TVs with the built-in Roku device, those P-Series TVs, and give us access to thousands of streaming channels, access to thousands, 450,000 plus to be exact, um, movie shows or TV show episodes and movies. And you can find out any major local retailer in the Twin Cities what we've been talking about for several months now on 1500 ESPN and the Touch Em All podcast. Uh, TCL TVs, America's fastest growing TV brand, one of the largest TV brands in the world, uh, they manufacture and distribute all of their own in-house, and that's what separates them. So go find out for yourself, tclusa.com. Mackie and Judd, live radio row. Superstar Mike Morris going to hang out with us next. <laughs>